these inmates of the Jeffersonville Clark County Correctional Facility. My name is Sam Kingma, your warden and host. This is Miku's Crackhouse, episode 124. Joining me is my best friend and co-CO, Miles J. Miles. Co? Yeah, you're my co-co, my co-co, my co-CO, my co-correctional officer. Miles, I am watching peak television this week. I have started 60 days in on A&E season oh, one. Oh my god. Miles. How did you Miles, not get to this yet? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But Hulu, shout out Hulu and the recommendations. I went on there looking for something to watch. Suits wasn't doing it for me. I, I think we, we I might have mentioned that last week. Yeah, that you I like, saw that is, and wasn't really into this it. This is mid. Um, and I'm like, I need something with real criminals in it. And Lo and behold, 60 days and it gets recommended to me. And I start watching the first episode and I realize that 60 days in season one is the first fit. Like, it's the first of its kind. We live in a society now in 2023 where 60 days in has like 20 seasons. Plus it has spinoffs. Plus there's shit like Beyond Scared Straight with the kids. And that shows myriad of spinoffs. Like... Plus other uh, a series like Jail, which is like a other just kind of has cameras in jail and kind of documents random people. Um, this is the first of its kind, though, where everyone buys into the whole like, yeah, we're just shooting a documentary on first time inmates. And like you just get unfiltered access to the to the prison society like never like never seen before or actually jail jail society because it's it's different jail's like way worse by the way than, than than prison if it's between going to prison and going to jail i i think i'd have to take prison i gotta be honest because at least you can go outside some hours of the day in prison you don't get to do that in jail you're stuck in the fucking cell so the conceit is that there are seven Normal civilians who have never committed a crime or whatever, who have signed up for this program to be put in, to be incarcerated in jail for 60 days at the Jeffersonville Clark County Correctional Facility. And the seven contestants, the seven people that are on this show, the seven inmates, are the best casted group of motherfuckers I have ever seen. I the, Miles, this cast is S tier good. Each one of them hits everything you want to see out of normal people going to prison. They assembled the fucking seven sages of normies that you want to see go to fucking jail. So, so, so break it down. Let's let's so hear that. Let's let, hear this. The best way to break this show down is to just go character by character, and and we'll go from sort of my least favorite characters to my most favorite character. I like this on All the right. show. I like so, this order. The weakest character. So there's four males in four. Excuse me, four males, three females. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> I was you like, told me yeah, yeah, seven. yeah, seven. Four males, three females. Primarily exploring three blocks at the Jeffersonville Clark County Police Correctional Facility. C block, D block, and F block. C block is primarily known for a lot of drug use. D block is primarily known for a lot of violence and gang activity. And then F block is the female block. So the three female uh, inmates get sent to F block. Robert gets sent to D block, but it gets complicated. We'll talk about him in a bit. 
And then the other three uh, male inmates are in C block. So we'll start with Isaiah, who is easily the um, least interesting inmate at the start. Although he's really coming around in the last episode. He's gotten a lot more interesting to watch. So he's the youngest person doing this, and he's 19 years old. Wow. And the reason why he is involved in the program is because his older brother got sent to jail when he was 18 and he's still in jail for and he's been in jail for like five years. So he wants to go and kind of experience it and see what is he's he like, like, our, see what like, it's our like hero character. Like he's one of well, the more, they're all our here. They're, they're all, all our heroes. heroes okay. So I might be thinking of the survivor realm of things. It's it's not it's not a competition. It's not a competition. Um, no, but but like the, with, they would cast maybe they would cast some sordid or like some less likable people. It specifically said so. Important note about sixty days in season one: neither the inmates nor the guards know that this is happening. Know that this is happening. Only the warden, the the chief security guy, and then one other person, along with the the production crew, obviously knows what the real intent of the of of this content is. But they're positioning it as just a general documentary about first-time inmates, uh, which is how they get access to the actual, uh, the core people for uh, confessionals and shit. So, Isaiah is, again, 19, and his mom also is, like, a single parent. She really wants him to do this because she does not want, like, her, like, a a third of her, like, third son or whatever to also be in fucking jail. Because I think, like, I think she's, like, two of her four kids are in, like, jail. Or in the system somehow. And she just does not want that for 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 Isaiah. So Isaiah, he gets to the jail and he's pretty um he's he's pretty meek and pretty quiet and he isn't saying much. And he starts freaking out and he's the first one to wave the white flag in uh, episode four. He's the first one to say hot coffee, which is the code word to uh, escape the situation. So you say hot coffee or you bring up missing hot coffee when you're in front of the producers as a code word, or alternatively you take a white towel, you put it over your head and you walk around the pod. If producers are not actively around. And that's if you want to, if you want to fucking call it quits. So he does that and they pull him out. And the reason why he was freaking out is because his cover, he, he knew his cover story. So they're all given cover stories because people, inmates are going to ask why they're fucking there. Um, Everyone except for one person basically completely fucks up their their cover story, and it's awesome. So Izai actually does okay with this cover story. The problem is, is that the because he's you know he's nineteen, he's a young kid or whatever. He kind of and he also meets a couple other like like black inmates uh, who like are nice and are helping him, and they're trying to help him with this case. And like, there's one guy when he's getting Izai gets interviewed, a guy comes like. Like comes like walking up to him. He's like, yeah, he's like, this kid has not seen a judge in a week. He's not been given a court date. He's being held here illegally. And you just, and the kid, you just see he's like, and he's fucking, he's freaking out, dude. Because, and it's so fucked up that he's going to get, he's, he's basically like, I'm going to get fucking found out because they're asking real fucking questions about my case because they're trying to fucking help me when I don't, I'm not fucking real. And that's not going to be good if I, if, if I, my fucking cover gets fucking blown like this. Um, well, what ends up happening is he ends up finally getting his pin number so he's able to get commissary and make phone calls and he has a conversation with his mom and she's basically like tough it out i didn't fucking raise a quitter like you can fucking handle this shit dude don't worry about it like you can fucking handle this shit this must fucking awesome a lot of the, a lot of the women in the show by the way are like are they're so awesome they're crazy um we'll get to we'll get to a, a few of my favorites in a bit but 
Isaiah, after he got that pep talk from his mom, he's felt he's been a lot more confident in the in the in the block, um, and has been a bit more communicative. And things are looking a, a bit a bit better for him now that he's got access to to commissary and stuff and whatnot. Uh, probably after Isaiah, probably the uh, who I would say was the only like relatively uninteresting person. Then I'd say after him is Barbara. Barbara is a 25-year-old uh military housewife with two kids who are six and four. So she got fucking missled up at fucking 19. And uh this this chick is like y- your fucking scrawny fucking trad wife type of character. And the reason why she wants to do this program is because she thinks that that these fucking people got it way too good in fucking fucking jail. And that her her fucking her husband's out in the fucking front lines in fucking Iraq, fucking get you know sacrificing his life. By for the way, fucking this these- plot line is the most like early two thousands possible it's, perspective. It's, I know it's so it's so great, like so like, like yeah, post nine eleven. So like, nice, that is like, so nice. It's and it's and it's awesome. And I'm like, oh man, I cannot this this I this I cannot wait to watch this chicken fucking in jail. And dude, Miles. Barbara is fucking kicking it right now. She's kind of thriving. She really connected with her with her cellmates, uh, with her three cellmates. They all became r- really close rather quickly. Um, and also another key wrinkle in this is that all the other inmates are our core seven, our core inmates, our people, our seven. Our fake mates, if you will. Our faux mates. Our crewmates? Crewmates, yeah, our crewmates, our crewmates. Yeah, we'll call them the crewmates, because they're they're imposters. The crewmates do not know that about the other people in the program. So they think that they're the only one on the show. Okay. Basically. Uh, Or they don't know about the other people in the the program. Um, Yeah, so Barbara goes from, like, kind of like a stuck-up, like, again, like, woman who you think would not last two seconds in this environment to pretty quickly, uh, you know, turning it around and gaining some confidence and becoming, and and according to the the warden, becoming the mascot sort of character of her her pod um, in in F-Block. Then probably after her, I would say Jeff. Now, because I've only seen five episodes, Jeff was the last end of the facility. They came in staggered as to not draw attention right. or, or feel or be suspicious. Um, Jeff is really interesting. So he his goal is he wants to become a correctional officer. And there are two people on this show who are doing this for job experience, which I think is fucking insanity. The The funny thing is that's a really relatable, like, yeah, that's it's, a very it, relatable plot thread. It's nowadays. like, why are you doing this? It's like, I want to be a correctional officer. And what better way to show that I can be a correctional officer than to actually have been an inmate for two months and like know what it's like on the other other side of that. Um, And uh he, but, but this guy is fucking Paul Blart Molkop. Like, this guy is, like, nerdy and, like, schlubby. He's got, like, that, like, this very, like, short blonde hair, uh, kind of, like, pudgy and fat. And, uh, he, he's not getting along. He, he's basically using the money that he's coming in with to kind of just, like, like, make deals and make trades. And he's coming off really weak, at least according to the warden right now. We'll see how it plays out for him. And th- at the end of the first episode, they, the A&E does a phenomenal, a truly phenomenal 
like this season on at the end of the first episode where they kind of give some some beats of what to come and i was like that bro well that was insane that was an incredible fucking trailer for the next 12 episodes of this show because i think he gets beat up i think he gets attacked at some point in the uh in the in the fucking in the fucking series the but i'm not i'm not there yet he gets um, corrected yeah but so far i uh he's interesting to watch because i feel like he's the most relatable character uh from my perspective because he's like the, 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 the like the pudgy fat like dweeby guy of this like crew of seven so it's particularly interesting and he, watching and him he's similar to you he's a fan He's a fan of the jail experience. Yeah, and I mean, he is trying to be a correctional officer, so in some sense, yeah, kind of. Yeah, um, you two have that in common. Yeah, so it's 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 very um uh, it's very interesting. But right now, he's getting taken advantage of for his commissary money. Uh, then probably the fourth most. So so at this point, we cross from the people who are pretty interesting to watch to. The the fuck it the this is it dude this shit's awesome, uh probably number four I'm gonna have to go with uh her name is Mariam full name Mariam Ali the daughter of Muhammad Ali who wow. goes by the code name of Yasmin in the uh in the facility uh, in, the, in the in the facility in F block let me just say Mariam this woman's a fucking this woman's a fucking badass like straight up because prior to her her wanting to do this she was a social worker for at-risk kids in like really fucking dangerous districts and neighborhoods in the united states so 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 sh she knows how to operate around like kind of dangerous characters um and she wants to do this to like improve the the the, the prison system and, and make it and make it better um so she's just a fucking pleasure to to, to fucking watch uh, and she comes in and she, cause she's just, just like, I, I got respect for myself. My dad taught me to stand up for myself. No one's going to fuck with me. And, and so far, no, no one's really do, do, doing shit with her. And, and she's been basically the, the sort of den mother, uh, and kind of took over that role pretty quickly once she entered the, the fray. But there was a really exciting moment in episode five where on the TV, Muhammad Ali, a story about Muhammad Ali comes on and oh she starts God. like freaking out because earlier in the episode, she she see she gets served pork and she makes a fucking scene about it because she's she's Muslim she's or whatever Muslim, she doesn't yeah. want to eat it but she doesn't want to tell people that she's Muslim because she's like people are gonna be able to put two and two together it's like it's not good for me to to be saying that I'm I'm a Muslim right now people are gonna connect me to Muhammad Ali and if that happens I'm done and then the story about him comes on and she like is you could see the camera's like looking at you she's notably like what the fuck what the shit um. And thankfully, no pictures of her or any family photos were were shown or anything. But so that was a close call on on her end. But but yeah, she's pretty exciting to watch. And then number three after that is the final female um uh crewmate. Her name is Tammy, and Tammy is my my favorite of the uh, of the uh, women. Tammy is f in her forties. She is a short hair short person like like kind of like you know like shorter late like shorter chunkier lady mid 40s lesbian and a cop for over 20 years so now that's she, conflict this shit's awesome this shit's awesome so of course she wants to get in here to uh, of course like you know she wants to see what it's like for the people that she's locked up and like and try to improve the the, the situation out there and in f block there's a sort of antagonist character uh named boston 
And uh, Boston is like a 21-year-old redhead bitch. She's got a, a crew of cronies that uh, is basically her kind of clique. The, the, brick, the brick House, I think, is their, their like, gang name in the, in, the, in, the, in the block. And uh, Tammy actually starts beef with Boston because she was just getting on her nerves too much. And she's just like, you think you run this fucking pod, but you don't. And they get in, an, and they get in a verbal altercation. And basically, that exiles Tammy from everyone. Because spoiler, because spoilers in episode three, Tammy finds out very, very quickly from just watching Barbara for a day and a half that she's also a, a plant. She's able to figure out from her 20 years of cop experience and her, she's, she's like, yeah, when listening to the training, telling us what to wear or, or telling us that like, yeah, you can bring in like anything white you have on, like you can bring in with you. She's like. She's like, she's got her dockers on, her white socks, her white t-shirt, like, she was fucking ready, she knew this shit was happening, she's, she's too tied up, she's also new here, like, she's a part of this program, so, on, like, day, like, two of Barbara being there, Tammy came in first, she gets, she gets pulled into, to Tammy's room for a second, she's like, I know who you are, or whatever, they have a quick, like, three-sentence conversation, basically establishing that they both know that they're in the program, but after Tammy has her blow up with, 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 with Boston, she tries to console with Barbara, but Barbara does not want drama. She's like, I am not getting involved in this. You gotta, you, you kind of started this shit. Like, you gotta figure it out. And Barbara, or, or, and Tammy's not having it. So Tammy's pretty down bad right now. The whole block's kind of against her. Uh, and she also had a heart to heart with her wife, um, trying to, trying to get through it. But, uh, I, I'm excited to, to watch her because she's kind of going through a rough patch right now, but she's gonna come out on top. She's such a badass. Um, and she's not taking shit from anyone, so I'm I'm ex- I, I hope Boston gets her fucking come up this season. Um and then our last two characters are Zach, who is a former United States Marine, who is wants to be a, a DEA agent. Um just like Hank Schrader. Uh, and you know what I was thinking. And uh Miles, the rest of the people in this doing this project are are here more as like a as like a I I want to challenge myself personally as much as like it's bring bring about help with the benefits of doing this project. Zach is on a fucking mission to figure out what's going on with the drugs in this prison. How are they getting in? Who's dealing? Who's selling? All while keeping his cover story under tax. So when these 60 days are done and he's extradited from the jail, he's able to go to Sheriff Noel and tell him, or Sheriff Noel, and tell him everything that he needs to to know to improve the fucking drug problem. Miles, this man is fucking infiltrating like like I've never seen. He is the Among Us sus crewmate, dude. He is the one who is, is, he fit in perfectly. He memorized his backstory perfectly. Of course, being in the, uh, Marines, he had a similar lifestyle with a lot of, like, close, you're, you're living together with a lot of close men, um, that can sometimes be a little fucked in the head. And it's like, it just sort of dealing with that. So he was able to adapt really quickly, really easily. He made good with the pod boss, um, on like day, like one. Uh, and he's been treated relatively well, but in episode five miles, he randomly gets summoned to court. Neither him nor the warden nor the producers know why this is happening. 
And it's and they're all freaking the fuck out because they're like, fuck, if he has to go in front of a judge, the judge doesn't know shit. Judge isn't part of this fucking program. Like, he's going to have to tell him the fucking truth and it's going to fuck up. It, where it's gonna have to shut the whole thing down. It's gonna have to be fucking canceled. And again, nothing like this has been attempted before when they're doing the show. So like, whenever the they interview the the the, the warden or like the, the the chief security guy or whatever, they they have a very apprehensive tone when they're speaking about the project and like confessionals and stuff. So it feels very, it feels very fucking real when you when you watch it. It feels very tense and it's very great and awesome. And Zach, basically what they realized is that there were two Zach Hollins at the jail and that they just got the wrong guy because he, he, because basically they told, uh, this Zach asked the CEO, like, Hey man, what's going on? Like, what's going on? He's like, yeah, you're going to meet your lawyer in a second. Lawyer comes up and he's like, that's not my client. And he's like, I'm here for a DUI guy. He's like, and yeah. And Zach's like, yeah, I'm an out of state warrant. And he's like, no, go. (laughs) So it turns out the CEO just fucked up. And, you know, you know, fucking crisis averted. Uh, but he kept this cool. And only, only Zach could have handled that situation of these seven contestants. Any one of them would have flipped. But that brings us to the final, the number one guy, the best part of the fucking show, Miles, is Robert. Miles, Robert is a skinny toothpick elementary school teacher who teaches grades one through four and he's doing this to get a perspective on what it's like to you know make bad choices so he can bring that experience to his students when you first see robert in the first episode he that's like one of the first things he says and you think it's like oh this guy's going to be relatively you know well put together and he's doing this for the right reasons dude robert is a fucking is king clown shit dude he is he puts fucking bozo to shame with the level of fucking clownery that he is constantly on display with and he just gets better and better to fucking watch. Robert does not pay attention whatsoever in training. He does not he is not scared of anything or anyone in there. He's like, "Yeah, I don't give a fuck about it." He's like, "I'm not scared of these fucking people. I don't give a shit." Like, it's actually he comes in with an unreal level of swagger. That is so fucking funny. And he is such a disrespectful fucking asshole. He immediately gets into the fucking jail. He like, he's like kind of, he's like walking in with this like stuff and he looks at someone and he goes, Hey, they get the NFL network in here. And he's like, what? He's like the NFL network. And then it cuts to like another like cell on the second floor and like it's a couple of black guys like see him and he's like, dude, he's asking about the fucking NFL network. He's like, what the fuck's this guy? So they guys, so they all start grilling him. And of course, Zach, so Zach, Robert and Tammy go are the first wave of people that go in. Um, and again, Robert is the only person in D block, which is the violence block. So it's, it's pretty serious shit in here. And they're start, they start grilling him. And basically his whole thing is he was, he, he, his whole cover story was that he, he got pulled over at a stop sign, but he said he got pulled over at a stop sign on interstate 65 miles. I don't know if you've ever driven on a fucking interstate. There are are no no stop signs on interstate. Interstate. And so everyone thinks this, so everyone immediately thinks he's a fucking cop, except for this, this, this one guy named DeAndre Newby, who looks like the bald, the big bald, uh, 
sub 70 IQ individual from Sekiro. You know who I'm talking about, right, Miles? No, I, I don't. Have, yeah, you didn't I mean, make it that I far. Don't, I don't. But I my, my Sekiro heads know what I'm talking about. That bald guy who carries around the big club in the Senpo Temple, uh, and he's like that big fat guy. He literally there looks one, like him. There might be one early in the game. Um, there, there, I, there is, uh, it's the, they got a mop head though. That's, uh, well, yeah, the this guy's hand. bald. See, cause when you're, what you're describing, I picture a Bobo from, uh, from like Double Dragon and Rivers, <laughs> uh, and like Kunio Kun. Yeah, like, just I, like a, like a very bald, pudgy, fat, fat dude. Uh, that like comes across pretty oh, nice. Yeah, you know, and what, you know who that makes me think of the, the fat man from God Hand. Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah, not as fat. Okay, um, not quite that fat. But um but basically he's the newbie's the only one who who ends up talking to Robert whatsoever. And that gets him a couple of fucking punches to the fucking side of the face by another inmate. Uh and and Robert is like talking about it in a confessional and is like, "Wow, I I really hope it wasn't wasn't cuz of me or whatever." Well, basically about like it, we're on day like Five or six or whatever of Robert being in 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 D block, and everybody is just not about. This is not about his shit, dude. This is not about him. They do not trust him. They do not like him. They think he's a fucking cop. And the <laughs> they invite him to a fucking. There's each week in the cell block. They hold up. They hold hold a Bible study, and all are welcome to the Bible study in in D block. Robert goes, and I, he's just being such a disrespectful piece of shit, because they're all talking about, you know, forgiveness or whatever, and then meanwhile, he's being like a fucking Twitter, he's being like a, like a Reddit guy, like, yo, but you can't forgive child monsters, though. You guys are all better than child monsters, right? Like, he keeps talking about child molesters, and these guys are just like, what the fuck? They're talking, and meanwhile, they're just like, yeah, dude, like, like, for, forgiveness in God, like, like, you've asked God for forgiveness, like, like, how can you say that that person's not worthy of forgiveness when you fucking asked for it? And it's like, yeah, but, but not child what? It's like so funny. I'm like Dude, watching, like, that a, is a Redditor in real time in front of these, in front of all these dangerous individuals who are trying to have a fucking Bible study. And then at the end, dude, they all hold hands to say a final prayer. And Robert won't hold their fucking hands. And instead, just like fucking this, I'm like, dude, you're a fucking asshole. You're you you chose to go to the Bible study and you're acting like this and then like basically he ends up leaving the Bible study and everyone else stays back and they're all talking about him like what like they're all they're all talking about about him basically being like he's like they they just know what's up they're just like yeah this guy's a fucking idiot like he's trying to get a stir he's trying to get like a rise out of us he's trying to get a stir out of us like I don't know what the fuck he's thinking like we got to teach this guy a fucking lesson or whatever and then at this point in the the narrative of the story this is when they introduce the the sort of the hot coffee code shit because you think that that he's gonna gonna th gonna he's gonna throw in the towel in the episode in episode three ends with the inmates having enough of robert's shit and it ends with them being like oh like you know enough like enough of this shit man i don't give a fuck and it shows one of the camera like a, a towel going over one of the one of the cameras and it's like oh fuck it's gonna be on it's revealed in episode four miles that robert is the one to put the fucking over the camera and everyone is looking at him like bro what the fuck what the fuck are you doing dude 
Like, what the fuck are you doing? You're not supposed to do that. And then Robert explains in the confessional, and he's like, yeah, I needed to do something. I need to look like a criminal and act like an inmate so they wouldn't suspect me. So, like, what's a criminal do then to, then to hide the camera or whatever? The the warden, or the, the chief security guy, actually, is basically ex- explaining how serious of an offense tampering with, with camera equipment at, at, a, at a prison is. So Robert has to get pulled from D-Block and is put in solitary confinement for 30 days. Wow. The best wow. part is, Miles, so we, he ends up getting put into to solitary confinement. We check up on him a week into solitary confinement, and he is having the time of his life. He is like, I came to jail to do as little as possible. And in here, I just get to focus on whatever. My writing, my reading, working out, doing whatever I want. This is a vacation. I call it paradise. It's like, that's what he said. He's like, he's like, they call it segregation. I call it paradise. He, he's like, I'd much rather be in here than Gen Pop. Like, like, and, and he completely in, in his, his mind, shatters but in a way that does not typically happen and all the guards are like this guy is something else man this guy truly is something else and they don't know he's like a normal fucking dude like um so yeah uh robert gets to spend uh half of this time by him by himself in, in segregation and before they will let him back in so the, the episode five which is the last episode i saw there's 13 episodes for the first season ends uh, with the uh, next on that Robert needs uh, a psych evaluation to determine if he's fit to even go back into the fucking D block. Um, and I just think it is, it's just, he's a, such a character. He's such a character. And I genuinely cannot believe he did not get his shit rocked in and him getting sent to solitary confinement and him fucking thriving in solitary is the funniest shit I have ever seen. The drama on the show, Miles, is truly fucking impeccable. It is truly fantastic. I highly recommend the first season. Because here's the deal. I'm telling you, I know this shit is going to fall off in the later seasons because people are going to get wise. People are going to know what's going on. And it, it's, it's not going to work. We're like, this first season is raw, real shit. And unlike, say, something like Survivor, where there's an actual game to it, where the metagame can evolve, there is no fucking metagame to going to prison or jail. Yeah, you just and go. Try, and try not to get stabbed. Like, Yeah, it's, but it is a, uh, I will say this first season, especially as someone who is, is very fascinated by uh, American correctional facilities, I, I am, I am, I'm just completely, just, I'm totally immersed in the show. I'm totally immersed in, in what's going on. And I think it is fucking insane. Um, Miles. Based on all the characters I listed, what, what, who, which character do you like the most? Based on all, all the see the people I, like, I listed, I because I I like I do like the hero characters, but like the shit stirrers are particularly funny. But like one thing I really want to bring up is that when you were talking about Robert and him like constantly doing the Reddit bullshit, like yeah. that just that is so that resonated with me so much because like as a fan of true crime stuff, like. The commenters on those are the most, like, they're fishing for Reddit gold off of Reddit. Like, they, they are really trying to make sure that anyone scrolling through the comment section knows that, that they're a good person, that, that they, they believe child rape is bad. Like, just like all, all this, like, stuff that, like, 
under any other circumstance, in any other conversation, you don't have to say. Because yeah, we all just assume. Like, like it's like, okay, we're talking about a Bible's verse in which we talk about how asking God for forgiveness, you know, is something that all mortal men do, and so all mortal men deserve forgiveness. Like, like no one is operating under the opinion that, like, that, like, child predators are, 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 are so different from themselves that they don't also ask God for forgiveness for being, like, monsters. Like, yeah, it's just, like, it's, but, like, this like, is not these, the time for this, dude. Yeah, like, this is so ol- not the time for this. Only these people who are, like, so obsessed with, like, the last word, very specifically. The, the concept of the last like, word. Like, like Robert is, of all seven of the people, like, Robert is the type of person who truly... B- lives in a reality that is not reality. What like he per what he perceives is not real. Like, um, and it is amazing to watch it happen, and it is e- doubly amazing to watch it happen in an environment in setting where it is so dangerous to do what he is doing constantly. Um, and. It is uh it, it's it's very funny. It is it is very very funny. So I cannot wait to finish the first season and just see what happens to all these people cuz they look fucked up, dude. In the conf- I will say you watch their the confessionals in episode 1 before they go to jail and the confessionals during jail like especially Barbara and Jeff look fucked up. Like they look messed up. Um so it is uh it's just compelling. I don't know what it is, dude, about people's freedom getting taken from them that that didn't deserve it, but it's like it's very compelling TV. Well, I think it's it's partially like there there is a a stage play survival game. Like it is a social game to a certain point. It it's is just that you don't I mean, win. There's you don't win anything other than not getting stabbed. Like and that's what's so interesting about it. And and it's why like on Survivor in particular, I always love when people can't play the game like they're just so like self-absorbed or they're so self-important that like they they can't just play the game as if there's a million dollars on the line like so they're sitting there like like thinking about like no i'm not gonna participate with these people this is so stupid i don't want to do this and it's like bro do you not want free money like do you not want money like a million dollars even though it's six hundred thousand dollars after obama gets to it like yeah a, a very famous survivor uh quote for my uh my fellow idols idol heads uh all all those uh all those who are idled out like myself um yeah. i've been watching that channel by the way good yeah content. idled out I, I i like one spot an island still the most but idled out is really good because it, it has that classic like it's more conventional like content, whereas yeah, Once Upon an Island YouTube stuff. Yeah, Once Upon an he, Island is really unique because it's 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 a recap time kind of situation. Like Once Upon an Island is like Ragnaroks, where it's like the obscure JRPG that that scales to your level of fear or whatever. Where like where he he just kind of recaps the experience of 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 one particular experience, right? Um, whereas, like, Idled Out is, is more classic, like, whatever happened to, you know, Robot Jones <laughs> kind of <laughs> shit, right? Where, where it's just, he, he's sort of, like, talking about, 
There's only one episode of Once Upon an Island that's like that, where the one where he talks about the attack zone. Did you see that? Oh my god, dude! Well, that I well I have not seen that video, but that Survivor Challenge is incredible. So for those who don't know, <laughs> the attack zone challenge was this really poorly explained. I'll say this: it's a very poorly explained challenge, I, and, uh, and, I'm, and they do a better job explaining it in editing. But that's not what no one that yeah. on the island is watching Survivor. So basically, the way the game works is that you are on a sort of like jousting bridge, like like, yeah, like, it's you, like know, Pacific, you remember Pacific Log Town from Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire Emerald? How you got to walk on those wooden logs? You're basically on those wooden logs. The very and, yeah, very thin wooden beams, like that. Only like you, and, basically the point is if you intersect. Someone has to go down into the water to get past them. Like it's impossible to like sidle past them. Yeah, and and, and it's a skinny bridge. And basically, you you need to push the other person into the water. But you can only push the other person into the water when you are in the attack zone, which is a black square uh, that is drawn on the uh, bridge. Now, yeah, for, it's let like me just say, like one fourth of the size of the bridge. Like it's, so it's a pretty not small big space. enough. It's yeah. re- it, it, they, it really needed to be thirty three percent bigger. And the problem was is, is it needed ten percent bigger. It needed to be like yeah, it needed to be like the miles is fucking highly and chill ten percent bigger. bigger. Um, and 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 a bit and two inches wider, like your your fucking link, or two fucking twenty pounds heavier. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no, the yeah the 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 aged up link where he's tw- <laughs> roughly twenty percent. Everything is roughly twenty percent more, so he runs <laughs> roughly twenty percent harder. He climbs roughly twenty percent better. I think he, I think he it's, shield it's slides with twenty percent more swag. Yeah, it's just yeah, just. Just the, the the apparently there's there's a swag value which I can actually confirm there is not and and I'll tell you why later but uh yeah like the attack zone is is you I, it's need really, to, it's you have to see it to really understand like how it's doomed to fail because from the because start. the way because what Jeff doesn't explain to the P- Ed contestants is that but is explained in editing, as Miles points out, is that you need to be in the attack zone when you in- start your physical engagement with the other party. The problem is, is that the attack zone is so small that if the other party just runs forward kind of past it and they're at the edge of it and you're not really in it, you can't really do anything about it. Yeah, like you, then would, you would literally have to back up to let them into the attack zone so, or so else you can't like, confront them. One of the teams gets like no points because they're not in the attack zone like four times, and Jeff is so irritated. Um, like one of the rare times he is like genuinely fucking like m- like mad on the show. I've only seen him mad two times. Once when he kicks someone out for like kicking someone in some mud soccer game, uh, which I think is in Gabon. I think is in Gabon. Uh, I don't think it's in Gabon. The the mud soccer I think is in. Oh my god! I actually don't remember anymore. But it's not in Gabon. But he ki- he kicks he kicks someone out of one of the one of the immunity challenges or one of the reward challenges. Yeah, I, um, I think I know which one you're talking about. Um, and it might even be. Uh, sorry, I have a cold, so I'm just like there's a sneeze that's not coming out. I need to blow my nose, but I don't have any tissues, and I'm on the show, so I can't like do anything about yeah, just it. Just do like one of the you know I can't just go yeah. into the fucking elbow. <laughs> yeah. Um. But. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna blow a snot rocket off screen, I guess. I could try, but then I'd have to clean it up. Um, 
Yeah, no, I'm, I I think it's Samoa. I think it might be Samoa. I'm not too sure because there there is like a mud challenge. No, I don't. I don't know. I can't. I genuinely can't remember. Uh, but but it was but that there's time, a couple and of, then the yeah. fucking and then the attack zone where he is just like like, like where he's like fuming mad because because he he does have like a sort of like if he's annoyed or if he is disappointed in a player like he will absolutely make it known but like like he is like what are you doing you're not in the attack zone, zone. yeah and you're not can- in the attack zone and then also the best part is the team that is losing like that just cannot gain a point like because they're knocking all the people out but they're just not in the attack zone one of them is so pissed and just like drags someone in like they're swimming they're paddling back yeah to, from the bridge they just fucking whip someone off and they get like a penalty point or whatever someone, and someone like, chokes someone and then throws him into the water like and then Jeff's like, you were not in the attack zone when you grabbed, you know, Alice's yeah. neck and threw her in. And like, threw him in, yeah. Like, it's it's so funny seeing him just, like, like, and, and the best part is that Thailand is, is universally considered the worst season if it's not Island of the Idols by fans, where... And and to be fair, Island of the Idols is... the Its problem is, like, a meta issue with one particular player, but... Like, is that really the extent of the issue with Island of the Idols? Is that is that one guy is Dan sucked? Spilo? That, is yeah. Dan, Dan sucked that mu- like that much? He was that. I mean, because it's also not a very well liked season to begin with. But like, like there are seasons that that would probably be rated lower if not for just like how long Dan Spilo is in the show, and like in particular the fact that Dan isn't entertaining; he's just a sex pest. So yeah, so like so a lot of it, people just aren't comfortable watching the season like it's just uncomfortable to watch him not get voted out and continue to grope women and be terrible like uh, do we do we know exactly what he got kicked off for in the end allegedly it, it had something to do with someone who wasn't on the show so like he might like have a, like like was grabbed like, yeah, a producer like a crewmate or something, or something. Yeah, crewmate yeah like camera person you know medical person something but yeah, like he like and it's so funny to think that like, oh, once it's once you molest production, that's a problem. Yeah. Like Dan should have been off the show like day one, week one. Yeah, and then because um, there there's the other cause there's another similar moment, right, with like like someone named Sue where she, she Are kinda, you talking about um when Richard Hatch like rubs against her? Yeah. yeah. Th- although apparently I was kinda reading into that situation. Apparently it's a little more than like like kind of meets the the eye and meets meets the edit. Um Cause like uh, uh, apparently was a, it was like she really didn't have to go and make contact with him and she does and then like twenty four hours later she's like kind of upset about it and makes a scene it's a bit more complicated than it initially lets on yeah but like, that's a the thing moment with, yeah the, the Richard Hatch thing is that like he's always naked on the show for some reason it's just it's just his his thing um but like he kind of like rubs up against her and like there's always debates about whether or not like she collided with him or he intentionally rubbed up against her like as like you know as like a joke yeah. or whatever he's got like a youtube video where he like kind of breaks down like like his sort of happened. side of the story and yeah but the, the very famous like i was humiliated and degraded it wasn't sort of jeff that it's 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 one pretty, of one of those things that sticks in your head similar to it, the it's, Applebee's. It's, just, it's it's pretty uh epic t epic tv and specifically because it's like this would not 
this would not have been shot and have gone edited like this today. Yeah, so, so, especially the fact that Jeff is, like, sort of disappointed in the fact that she's, like, freaking out and making a big deal out of it, like... Yeah, well, this is the era, because I watched a, a video that chronicled all of the quitters in Survivor, and it's... Was it the obnoxious history of Survivor quitters? I'm pretty sure it was that video. It's... it's because I've seen a couple videos on Survivor quitters, specifically this one did a really good job highlighting how Jeff like handled quitters because at the start of the show he's very anti-fucking quitter and it's awesome it's amazing and sue is at the tail end of the anti-quitter era of jeff probes and um because that he's just kind of like he doesn't really blow up at her or is super disappointed but there's just kind of a look of there's an eyebrow raise he's got a little eyebrow raise like what the fucking come on like yeah you could have you could have had a problem with this like a day ago, you know, and yeah, he's also he off the this- show now too. So it's like one of those things. And also, he didn't even get voted off of that. He got voted off for other reasons. Um, so it's it's just like it, it it's just it's just like a, one of those weird kind of you know. It's it always will be just I guess one of those weird situations in, in Survivor yeah, history. Th- there's a moment that's um, a little like awkward for Jeff where um Jenna Jenna Morasco, I believe it was, wants to go home because her mother. Like, she just kind of got this, like, hippy-dippy, like, I feel like something bad is going to happen to my mom. Because her mom had, like, terminal cancer or something really bad. Yeah. And well, at some no, point, she, she just knew but that her mom had cancer before she well, went no, on the she show. she did know that. She did know that. But, like, she got, while she was on the show, she just kind of got this bad feeling in her, in her stomach that something was wrong. Like, that her mom was going to take a turn for the worse and, and that she needed to go home. Like, the production didn't inform her of it. Um... It was just a gut feeling. And so, like, Jeff is kind of like, uh-huh, whatever, sure. Right? Like, you Yeah, know. well, her, the mom did die eight days eight, eight after days she later. got back. Yeah, yep. she died eight days later. And so, like, every... I'm, I'm surprised. And and to be fair, like, I'm sure Jeff probably had enough power to say, like, yeah, that wasn't a good look for me. Cut that out. Like, I'm surprised that they, they kind of let him be authentic in that moment instead of trying to, like, manipulate the edit to make Jeff seem like he didn't think it was completely fucking stupid of her to leave on a on a hunch on a feeling yeah on a a bad vibe like at one point he asks boston rob like like what's what he thinks as if if it matters right as if boston rob can do anything and boston rob who's like kind of a cutthroat player is like "Eh, well you know when it's family yeah you gotta be there like nothing is more important than family right like 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 one of the rare moments where like a, a true survivor villain is like a better human being than jeff probst (laughs) <laughs> so there's there's a lot of funny like jeff egg on his face moments yeah but- although i i can i i in that moment i can kind of feel i i can here's the deal jeff doesn't know this woman's gonna fucking die in eight days no, so like, i would have done the same retroactively yeah and i would have done the exact same thing if i was host he knew, knows that jenna knew before accepting survivor that her mom was kind of had terminal cancer and was kind of in this position and she kind of took it on anyways and when people quit survivor it does fuck up production so they can't i can't do a tribal do, council that day like, like they can't I, I, they can't do a certain like if it's before or after an elimination challenge like the elimination challenge just over like it it ruins the show yeah i i under yeah so i i can i appreciate his frustration from production and to his credit around like the halfway turning point of survivor seasons he he really loosened up. Granted, at this point in the show, a lot of the the quit the quits are medical evacs or or like or like medical. They weren't technically medically evacuated, but they personally were like, "Yeah, I'm fucked up. Like, I'm not doing this shit." Anymore. Yeah, like they they were um, told they could continue playing, but their leg was broken or something crazy like that. 
Yeah, they got fucking an infection. Like, one of the guys had, like, an infection. Yeah, it's like a fucking welt in his knee, and it's, like, disgusting. Uh, I know know someone left the game because his son got into a car crash. I think it was Terry Dietz. Um, Oh, damn. Yeah, I think it was Terry Dietz. How do you be informed of that information? They came, producers came to him on a boat in the middle of the night. Like, they just showed up at his camp, and they were like, dude, your son was in a fucking car crash. You want to go home? And he's like, yeah, I probably should. I really ought to yeah. be there. That's yeah. That's a, wow. What a fuck situation. You're you get on fucking Survivor and you're. But like, he was fucking... a second time player too. Like this was his second chance. Very oh damn. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a tough situation. And then uh, shout out to the guy who's who quit twice. One one foe medical back and then yeah, yeah Colby. Colby and then second so, actual quit. The, the Colby is sort of first of all, Colby's one of the worst characters in the entire show's history because he's he's like a racist and he's such a little he's he's like. The F word was invented for Col- for for this char- this character in particular, and there's two Colbys, which is funny because then there's Colby, who's like one of the most famous like players, and I even think he wins his season. And then there's this other Colby who very famously says, "I know a lot of black people like my housekeeper," like and and like he's this obviously gay person who's like like he talks like so Richard Hatch is gay, but Richard Hatch is not like if he. He's not, like, very obviously gay. Ironically, I think the other Colby is gay, but he's, like, this challenge beast who's, like, a hairdresser in real life. And he has this whole thing about how he's, like, I'm really happy that I could be on TV and show gay, you know, that that gay people can be tough and athletic and cool. Um, and then there's the other one, and he's, like, oh, I, I, I hate everyone here. I just want to vomit on their fucking face. And he like, quits like, so early, too, yeah. in this second and run. And then they let him come back, and then he quits again, and, like, he's, like, crying, and he's like, I don't care what anyone says about me, I'm gonna quit, I'm gonna that's quit a great, the game. That's a great Jeff moment, because he, Jeff is being vindicated in real time, as yeah. he is, like, ber- the, the last ber- quit quitter beration from Jeff, I think, is Colby. Um, Who deserves it, by yeah, the way. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because he's a piece of shit. He's a fucking bitch. <laughs> like... He's a little bitch. Uh, yeah, no, he he is one of these people where you can get away with calling him a slur because he <laughs> it's it's so true. It's so true to him. Like this is this is how I feel about about like there are certain there are just certain times in which the slur is real. Uh, the 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 famous Chris Rock uh joke. There's black people and then there's like you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like sometimes it just is that way. Yeah. Like he truly is. He truly is a foghorn of a person. <laughs> he truly is a funny action guy. He's a funny uh, action guy. This man. And and he's the only because like Survivor actually has like a pretty good track record of like LGBT like players and and it's never really made a huge deal of unless the unless except, the except that it. one time except for that one time with colby and and it's just like because because they actually did straight up kick someone out of the game for outing someone as transgender yeah, on dude, the show did, i i actually like a, a week or two ago when we first got into the survivor arc of crack house i watched that entire tribal council by the way one of the rare tribal councils that's like 20 minutes long yeah because it's so dramatic it's such a it's dramatic like episode. episode and ba- yeah basically this this one guy outs uh uh, uh zeke zeke as 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 trans or whatever and then everyone immediately turns on him and they don't even vote they, they, they don't just even kick him out of the vote. Game. They, they just say like jeff's like well i, I think we all agree 
who's going home tonight, and I don't think we need to have a vote. And they're all like, y- you know we do, Jeff! <laughs> you know we do, Jeff! Like, what's, what's so funny about that scene, too, is, like, the reason he outs Zeke is because he's saying, oh, because Zeke didn't tell us all that, that he's trans, we can't trust him! <laughs> and it, and it's that's his attempt at, like, a survivor, like play of like sowing doubt into everyone that like that was his game move and it it wasn't wasn't just like he told him in confidence and he accidentally let it slip he's like guys zeke's a liar he didn't tell you that he was born a woman he he's also that that guy wasn't even on from reading the comments and trying to understand a bit about the context leading up to that tribal guns he wasn't even on the chopping block no like that episode it It was was some woman it was some woman on the council who was the real, like... Yeah, she, she would have her and Zeke. And I think, like, he was trying to get Zeke out for, like, some... Some bullshit, like, for, probably. For, for, some, for some other advantage, numbers-wise, or whatever. I don't really know what the, the like, whole deal like, is. You think it was, like, a tribal... Because this was post-merge, I think, right? Like... Yeah, yeah it, it was, like, post-merge, but I don't think the jury was at this thing yet. Um... Uh, I don't really know exactly when the jury gets introduced. Does the jury get introduced the second post tri- post merge? It's, it's usually n- it's not always post merge. Is the it's, weird it's thing? It's like two like, three weeks. After it's basically within. It's basically like when the numbers start to matter. Like at that point, like but a merge can happen. The thing about the merge is that it kind of happens like whenever production decides it happens, and it's usually touch and go. Like it's not like when a certain number of. Uh, it's not like, okay, when they are down to a certain number of players, and, and I think part of that is, like, if one team is just completely, like, blitzing through the game, they might want to give a chance to, like, before the merge, like, see if the numbers even up so that you don't get a begonging situation. A begonging is when one team just systematically votes out another team after the merge, like, just based on the fact that we were on Team Toggy and we have the advantage, so let's just get rid of everyone on Pagong and the end of the game will just be Toggy players. Um, so, like, the merge is, is somewhat random, like, somewhat, but it's usually, you can usually tell when it's about to happen, like, in the editing, and, and the players usually get a good sense of it. But, yeah, like, if, if it was a case of, like, okay, well, Zeke is on, you know, whatever is the other team, and we need, mo- like, we need to kind of even out the numbers, like, yeah, I'll, I'll throw Zeke under the bus. <laughs> but, like, yeah, that was pretty, pretty, that it was, was like, his, pretty, that was his it was move. Like, I know it's just and and then he just comes to immediately fucking regret it. Yeah. And it's it's like fifteen minutes of him trying to fucking backtrack. That's like really hard to watch, and it's just it's it's so it's just a very it's just a very interesting, intriguing piece of TV. Yeah, um, and it's the only time it's happened in Survivor. It's probably the only time it ever will happen in Survivor. And um, and, and it's not like it's that late of a like. We're very sensitive to trans issues as a society, and especially, like, Hollywood and television is nowadays, but, like, that wasn't, as far as I'm concerned, like, that was, like, a late 2000s season, if I remember correctly. It's, like, like, 2010s. Yeah, like, early 2010s, and, and like, and so, like, tr- a lot of, like, trans rights stuff was bubbling up on the internet, but, like, I don't know if it had reached Hollywood by that point. Like, I don't know if it if it was the kind of thing that was really important to, like, television and producers. I, I think that was just I, a it, moment it, of, like, basic actually, human empathy. I actually think it it it, it was specifically because of, cause I was just reading... Because, again, I love fucking reality TV show controversy. I think it's fucking insane. It's my favorite part about any of this shit is when drama... Is when fucking drama or, like, real-world shit <laughs> yeah, leaks yeah, into about, these like, fucking the shows. Family edition of Amazing Race where, like... Yeah, like, like I like when, when, when fucking real-world shit fucking leaks into this shit and causes, like, fucking controversy and big drama and shit. 
Um, and like apparently, like like CBS like worked pretty closely w- with like Zeke, and they got a lot of his permission to like air this stuff. Okay, yeah. So they were very sensitive like, to the problem. They were very very sensitive to to like him and like making sure it was okay for this stuff to air because it does it technically outs him to everyone else. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it's on TV, so um. It's uh, but he's like, you know, it's it's fine. It'll help other people, you know. Yeah, but um, and and especially like I think to see like the because it wasn't a moment where anyone was against Zeke at that. No, point. everyone comes to everyone, support him. Yeah. It's a very nice support. It's a very nice supportive moment. So, so I can I can definitely understand why Zeke would thing. be. Yeah, Zeke would Zeke wouldn't mind like the idea of like because it shows some consequences like that. Yeah, that's you know that you can't just do that and get away that with guy it. lost his job when he came back because he was like a uh, he was like an activist or something like he was <laughs> like some it, i, I just like, love the survivor professions like it's always funny to know like who is coming on a survivor yeah. and especially and, who needs the money and who doesn't and and also the the best part about the, the guy who who out zeke is gay and the only reason that he found out that was because they had a reward challenge. Because I know this because I've actually seen this. I saw this scene live when it happened. I don't remember the year or whatever, but I just remember being in my family room because my mom was a big Survivor fan. That's how I know about most of this shit um, before you started getting into it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I remember, yeah, Zeke has a conversation with the guy and the guy tells him that he he's gay or whatever. And Zeke's like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that he's like yeah. i'm actually like trans or whatever and he's like oh okay like, and and, and he immediately and, he put that in his back pocket and was ready to fire it off yeah which, which that's a good survivor lesson for everyone especially like not everything is a game move like there are some pieces of information that you can't do much with which and and it's funny what ends up what can become a game move like the fake teeth this is an oh, incredible that, moment in television. That shit is so good because I was watching one of the one of the awesome Survivor videos. I was watching was like because uh, the jury apparently most brutal tribal more. council uh, speeches. Yeah, so basically like, it, well, specifically it was juries. It Sorry, was jury, jury speaking of final three. It was jury speaking of final two or final three, and basically the jurors used to be able to give a little speech or whatever. They used to be able to say a spiel, and apparently they don't do it anymore. But they should bring it back because I I think these people who are the jurors do deserve to say. Like to have some words to the final two people who are going to win this fucking game for sure, for sure. Um, and it's it just makes for good TV in general. And there's a couple that are awesome. the The one against Sugar, which opens the video, is like 20 seconds of a complete fucking yeah, Corinne, slam dunk. Uh, yeah, Corinne just completely bodies this fucking w- woman. She, and, she bodies and, two people in two sentences because it's Susie and and Sugar. Uh, and she has nothing negative to say about Bob, even though she doesn't really care about Bob in the first place. Uh, and that's how you know that Bob got the vote. Yeah, it's 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 fucking amazing. And then yeah, there's the other one where where she's like, "Take out your teeth," because there was like, because she was basically like, "Would you have left the game if like I didn't like give you back your teeth? Like if you didn't have your teeth, would you have left the game?" And and, and she like lied, or she's like, "No, I wouldn't have left the game. Or whatever. I was just you know, I was being dramatic." Or she's like. Then take out your teeth right now. And she's like, what? And she's like, take out your teeth right now. If you you want to show everyone, take out your fucking teeth. And, and from my part fucking- seven Yeah, from my part seven homies, this is Johnny saying, pick up the gun. Like yeah. th- that and- moment, that like that is a true like kingmaker scene moment. And then by the way, she doesn't even get her vote. And that's yeah, that's the best part, is that later on, that woman who she takes out her teeth, she does it, she doesn't get her vote. 
which is just the like cherry on top of, of that. That's why the the jury speeches need to come back because people need that. If you're gonna win a fucking million dollars, like you you need to be fucking humil- humiliated by the people who are gonna give it to you. Like you you need to be brought to fucking terms by the people you fucked over. Um, and there's some yeah, there's some good fucking speeches. There, there's in some there. really powerful ones. Obviously, the snakes and rats speech is very that's the most famous one. Uh, I really like the one towards Natalie. Like, oh when yeah, it's very supportive Russell of Hans, her. Yeah, yeah, because and he makes a great point that I honestly I think his jury speech might have won Natalie the game because like everyone kind of had to begrudgingly respect Russell's game, even though he was a terrible person and no one liked him. He played an impressive game. Um, but then you know this guy comes up and he's like, "Why the f- why should I fucking respect Russell Hans's game? He played like a bastard." Like. Natalie, you know, Natalie didn't play like an asshole, but she played a good social game and she made good bonds. Like, why am I supposed to respect the more aggressive game played out by a dickwad? Like, it, like, and it, it was it was such a really good moment. Because yeah, I, like, you don't like, deserve this fucking money, bro. Like, yeah, like, it, he kind of checked the shit out of them where he's like, guys, let's not let's not pretend like what Natalie did doesn't count as as good gameplay just because. Just because, like, Russell built himself up as this fucking mythic figure. No, he's an yeah. asshole. He doesn't deserve I, a million dollars. And what I love about that speech is I love that it's a speech in in more so in support of... Of Natalie. One of the people in Final 3, as opposed to, like, a takedown or, or like, an airing of grievances. I, like, also very much respect um, and think is very interesting. Yeah. Um, no, it's a really... That's, a, that's an excellent speech. There's a couple of really great speeches... Um, in that video, it's definitely worth watching if you want to see like the the true fury of like a jury scorned. Um, what I, two I, weeks on Ponderosa does to an MF? Does to an MFer. So apparently on Ponderosa, you're not allowed to to discuss who you want to win the game. Um, and so in a lot of these cases, like the beef is is all. It's all inferred. Like, if you didn't pick up on any beef or any, like, social whatever is, like, after... Or if you left, you know, you're the first jury member and you're not aware of the beef this fucking seventh jury member has, right? Like, like you're not allowed to know that shit. So you can just show up to tribal, uh, for to final tribal, and just, like, watch just complete beef unfold that you weren't aware of. Yeah, it's, uh... It's interesting. It's... A- Survivor's fascinating. Not something I, I think I would actually want to like watch full seasons of myself. I I, I admit it, it. Like there are times in which I I will just like I'll just like watch the Once Upon an Island thing as cliff notes after like kind of barely paying attention to the season in the background. Um, oh, you'll just have helpful. it on while you're doing work or whatever. Yeah, I have it on because it's like I'm not missing any nice shots or anything. You know, like. Yeah, you're. Yeah, there's no cinematic angles in Survivor. Yeah, like, like, and and a lot of the time, like, it's so that's such an audio based show. I'll usually watch the challenges, of course, because I I love the challenges. I would love to play Survivor just to play the challenges. Challenges, like that's what I care about. Like, if I had Wait, to you want to hang out a pole for six hours, like no, that 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 sucks. But the obstacle courses are really fun. Yeah, they do look fun. They those, really those obstacle courses look great. Rolling around in the, I, I want to do one where you gotta do an obstacle course and a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, no, those are fun because like that—that's like true video game skill. Because you gotta love that. Like there are certain game shows that just are video games. Like especially like, like a lot Wipeout, of the, like Wipeout, Wipeout or American yeah. Ninja Warrior. Um, what uh, what's it? Takeshi's Castle. Is it Takeshi's yeah. Castle? Or yeah, Takeshi's Castle. Is, yeah, Takeshi Castle. Like that's a really American Ninja Warrior. I think you already said. Yeah, um, American Ninja Warrior is specifically Mario sixty four. 
Like I, I know it's 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 fucking awesome watching yeah, these people just, do it. It is just wa- it is just watching Mario sixty four speedrunners. Like, and, and I will say, like, like there's something about Wipeout that is fucking awesome. Like, it, between the super fucking corny color commentators to like the incredibly amazing sound effects they put in when people are getting fucking like, dude, it sounds like it fucking hurts. When when these people get knocked by these fucking beams coming out of the wall and it shit, kind of like, is like as far as these sort of like obstacle course games go, because like American Ninja Warrior, I mean that's a good family show for sure, but like they're like Wipeout, Wipeout is, is a better family show, family like, show, yeah, because because everyone like there's athletics, there's attractive people, there's funny sounds, and also every contestant on Wipeout has mental issues of some kind like yes, like, like yes. I, I don't know how to say i want to be nice about like 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 and it's not like they're just they're different like they're just on a different wave, wavelength than most people and like everyone i don't know how they fucking find them but yeah, Maybe American Ninja Warrior, like those are people who are like dedicated to are the training cause. for years to try to try and most likely fail at this obstacle course yeah whereas like there is something really fucking funny about like um, just random people, like everyday people who are just eccentric individuals on Wipeout. Yeah, like there there is something really funny about certain survivor casts where sometimes you get like a bunch of really like people who are, know the game and they're dedicated to the game. They like David versus Goliath is like such a like survivor fan season. And that's a good like apparently that's a good season. But like a lot of the cast members are these kinds of like survivor game bots, you know, Kagayan similarly. Um, but then you'll have certain seasons like Samoa where like once upon an island has just gotten into the Samoa arc of the channel. Um, and like you have people like Shambo who are just like pathetic human beings like, but, and, and it's always funny cause uh, again, what I was saying about the, um, the, the, the survivor profession is like seeing someone and you just like wonder how they do at their job. Cause Shambo was a fucking Marine Corps person and she's one of the most insecure people ever. Like, <laughs> Like, it's just such a, such a character that, that, like, how the fuck did you survive in the Marines when you're so sensitive? <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't know. I guess being stuck on a fucking island with no food gives, makes a brother think To be fair, yeah. Like, I don't know if I could, if I could maintain my disposition. I mean, to be fair, like, I get mad about nothing nowadays. Like, I'd probably be a pretty bad social player. On Survivor, like, did I, I sent you the picture of like the GOG uh, review for Baldur's Gate, where it's like <laughs> it's an entire letter grade lower than every other website for Baldur's Gate, and I'm like, I wonder what it is about the GOG crowd in particular that makes them like reject Baldur's Gate three, like yeah. oh, not reject, reject, but like like that that they're that they're way more hard on Baldur's Gate three than like every other outlet on the internet. What is it about GOG? I, I find this very interesting, just, like, the subcultures of websites that you can just kind of, like, see how websites feel about certain content, like, before before you even, like, log in and read the reviews, you know what I mean? Like, that Metacritic has, has like, a culture. It has a culture of people who, who just get mad, that scores are not the way that they want them to be. Like, I yeah. said, the Elden Ring review that was, like, uh, 0 you, out of you 10, mean, and it was just, the, the, ah! You mean the, Ar- the Armor Core 6 review, you mean? No, or, no, there was an Elden Ring review that I sent you that was just 0, and it was someone typing AAA over and over again, just 
just to tank the score, just to ah. bring Elden Ring down lower. The Armored Core one, that, that was a Steam review, the one that yeah. I sent you. Which was awesome. That yeah. was, like, because I, I've been, by the way, I've been loving Armored, Armored Core 6. It's All my friends fantastic. really like it so far. I, I'm having a fucking absolute fucking blast with it. Uh, but I, I was laughing my ass off when I first booted up the game because the, the, the first mission, the helicopter boss fight, is uh, it, it's not free. It's not a free fight, and it's probably way harder than, I'd say, a Asylum Demon or a fucking Gundir or some shit. Well, like, it, it has been really funny um, seeing people be like, the bosses in this game are so hard. I'm like, what did you expect? Isn't that kind of like why you bought the game? Like, isn't that like why you fucking simp for this company it's, it's in the funny, first place? It's, well, it's funny seeing like Ace Armored Corvettes complain that the bosses are too Souls-like because they don't want to learn attack patterns or whatever. You'd think that they'd be down for that in particular. Like, yeah, that's very I, interesting. I, I don't really get what that's about. I mean, I do agree that, like, but, like, fighting other ACs is, is very exciting and, and, and much more interesting. Because the, the big bosses, they just have a lot of help. Yeah. And specifically, the ch end, the chapter one end fight, Baltius, he's the real filter. The 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 the, <laughs> the 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 helicopter is is the little filter uh, is the little boy filter. That's that's Baltius like a, is the like fat the black man filter. That's the red eye knight from like Demon Souls. Like um, before you get to fat and he, Phalanx isn't even really a filter, but like red eye knight where it's like. Phalanx or, is a knowledge filter. Phalanx, you can't beat if you don't have fire. If you have yeah. fire, you will win. Yeah. Um, there, there's not a really great, like... Red-Eye Knight, and you could skip Red-Eye Knight entirely and not have to get, engage with him whatsoever. So he's also not quite accurate. Where, like, with Baltius, you gotta beat Baltius, you wanna see the rest of the fucking game. Yeah. Um, but, but, like, and, that and little, you gotta beat the, the helicopter. Filter. You gotta heat... But you gotta... What's funny about the helicopter is you gotta beat the helicopter to even access the tutorial on how to fucking play the game. Which I think is really mean and funny. Yeah, um, that's that's very surprising that they that they would hit you with that. But um, w once you learn that you just got to use the sword, it's like, oh, okay. You, it's like you just got to, like, realize that one thing, and then it's like, oh, okay, I, I, I get it now. Um, yeah, like, a lot of my friends have been saying, especially, like, a lot of my friends who like Armored Core previous games have been saying the major issue is bosses have just never had this much health yeah, in the really, franchise before. They got a lot of health. Which I find very interesting because it's not like Souls bosses are known for having like bloated health pools per se either. So that's that's just that was a, just a choice that they made. But the, but here's the here's what I've come to kind of realize is like because Baltius my first time through it was like it took me like three hours of attempts to beat him, and then when I finally did beat him, the fight was like nine or ten minutes long. At least it fucking felt like it was nine or ten minutes long because he's a fight where he has a shield and you need to bring down the the health of the shield. And then you can attack him for, like, 45 seconds, deal damage, and the shield comes back, and then you gotta fucking attack the shield again. So, y if you don't really know how to maximize your damage, which, if you start, if you're like me, and you're, you're relatively new to the series, and you're still kind of picking up on shit, you're gonna have to go through six cycles of, like, taking down the shield and fighting them, and he, and, like, about halfway through, his attacks get a little more aggressive and a little more crazy, so... He's kind of hard. He's pretty fucking hard to deal with and like hard to get a handle on. But once you do and you are a you know his attacks and get it better and B understand how to make a better AC and understand how to build something that's a superior craft and can is capable of handling what this boss can throw at you and coming with superior weapons to take out the shield quicker and to do more damage when the shield is down. 
I was able to go back and reface him and perform way better. And it only took me three tries instead of three hours worth of tries. Um, and I was able to beat him in like three and a half minutes by just using better, just using better equipment and not even equipment, equipment that I could have had access to when I fought the boss too. So it's not even like it was like, yeah, like this wasn't a new game plus situation. Yeah. Not, not yet. Not yet. Anyways. And same thing with the other bosses. Like, I will say after chapter one, there's a they fucking th- put you through the ringer. You got to do chapter one, and then chapter two also has two pretty tough bosses. Didn't take me nearly as long because I'm finally starting to get the hang of like maneuvering my AC and like what's a good way to dodge missile barrages and all this stuff. So I minimize damage. Um, because that's what's fun about it is like really finding ways to like minimize the amount of damage you take. Because you can, and there are repair kits, but you get three of them and they don't really heal that much. The healing extra like fifteen. Uh, like fifteen hundred uh, AP. So it's like it's or fifteen thousand like AP. So it's like really not that much extra. Um, it's like an extra health bar equivalent's worth. So like you got to kind of like make your health bars last, which is why the bosses feel so long. Is because you're like trying to dodge, you're taking like pot shots here and there, and you just gotta kind of outlast them. But it's just God, it's so much fucking fun. And I love the customization too. Like I just absolutely adore just being able to make whatever fucking robot I want. Um, you know, you know, it's and this is so petty of me, like, but you you know what bothers me about the release of a game like Armored Core 6? What? Um, and, and, and this might be a hypocritical thing for me, too, as a Tears of the Kingdom guy. But like, I always dread any game with like a lot of customization when like people when I'm going to have to suffer through like a week of like of like people sharing their complete shit post build like like. Because I'm I'm such a self-serious fuck, so, like, that first week of, like, Tears of the Kingdom, when I wasn't on social media and I wasn't seeing a lot of the builds, but, of course, it was, like, giant penises and stuff like that, like, that everyone's like, oh, how very fucking amusing, like, I just, I, I, I hate that shit. Like, having to see the fucking Taco Bell builds that people make in Armored Core, McDonald's <laughs> like, like, Taco build. Bell armor and shit. Yeah, shit like that. Where, like, like I'm like, I understand you're having fun and you're trying to get your, your bag, you're trying to get that social media clout, but, like, like you're not funny. You're so lame. I, I, I mean, I agree with you. Like, on one hand, it is cool to see people's creations, and I have especially enjoyed people... Uh, recreating like good specific like mobile suits and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, uh, like I know a lot of people. I have a I have a friend who like made his his like Shinji's Ava. Like he made the he drew the fucking nerve like emblem like stuff like that. Um, yeah, and the customization and elements of the game are really are really and, deep and, and great. And I have no problem with that. Like again, like it's similar to like like with Tears of the Kingdom. Like I want to see like cool shit. I want to see, I like, really it. good shit. And and, to me, but, like, but for the first week, you get filtered by guys who, like, who who make, like, the McDonald's mech, right? And, like, I that, that's talk, just yeah, your like, week. Yeah, and it's one of these things where it's like, I, I just, I want to talk about the game because I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I want to see what other people have to say about it or, like, what other people are using in their builds. Yeah, you go on the, like, Armored Core subreddit and it's all, it's, like, 80%... Exactly, McDonald's, Ava, fucking waifu decal, fucking Skype fucking decal, like, you know, anything you can fucking think of, and I want to, and it's really cool that people are doing that and putting that in the game, and you can download it yourself if you think it's cool, like, and that's all great, and I got no problem with people sharing that, it's just like, man, I I, I wish... But I would love to talk about the video game that I bought, I spent $60 on this video game, like, I think it's just the, the fact that, that there are some people who, like, will see a feature in a game, and they'll go, Cloud. 
I can get clout from this. Like, and and instead of like actually just like like talking about the purchase they made, the expensive purchase they made, they instantly go for the clout machine, and and they and they they got to make their Taco Bell build, and yeah. and and like that becomes like just a week of of the conversation around the game, um, and and it happens with anything where creative freedom is available to just like whoever, right? Because Tears of the Kingdom, you know, after I don't know two, three weeks, like it finally got into a situation where like like the building community was like a very dedicated thing where they they were working with each other and they were figuring things out and like they they kind of like had similar objectives. But like that first week of Tears of the Kingdom was apparently just people building penises because of course it was. Um, yeah, because you know, it's fucking goofy. Yeah, because it's shit. funny and people are gonna like it on Twitter and like you know whatever. More power to you. I don't have a problem with that per se, but like. I, it sucks that you have to like get through, especially when you don't think it's funny, you know, like, like where I'm like, oh, someone made a penis. I could have done that. And I probably, I probably would have seen the exact same degree of success on Twitter had I done it. Yeah. It's like, and- like, like, so, so all the, all the like funny, you know, armored core builds, it's, it's, I would imagine you're especially like, yeah, can I, can I please just talk about what's a good weapon? Like, uh, yeah, I just want to talk about the yeah. I want to talk about the actual weapon and armor pieces. I'm not really interested in seeing any more decals. Like I've seen enough. I'm not going to use any of your decals. I I like my fucking blue and silver armor core already. Thank you. Like using the base fucking default color settings. Like yeah, uh, and and uh, this this was a big thing with like Tears of the Kingdom modding as well. Like early on, it was just a lot of people doing their model swaps and ports and things like that. Um. The, I, I'm actually like, I'm officially doing it. I'm officially a fucking Tears of the Kingdom modder, kind of. Oh my um, god, you've done it? Now, I haven't put anything out yet, but I am working on, like, two pretty large-scale projects with another person that I met, who I was, I was very impressed by the work that they were doing, and I, we ended up, we, we, we have a very similar, like, feeling about, like, what the game is going for, and what we'd like to see the game, like, do more of finally you're taking matters into your own hands i really you're stop, am you're, uh, you're yeah. gonna stop complaining about all the free work people have done in the modding scene i like to make the, that the was, hyaline shield 10 percent bigger because that was like and, my revelation is like like some of this sh- i can't actually do some of this shit like i can't i'm not a fucking genius like for example no one can can uh edit aimb files we can't edit them we can read them but it doesn't matter. No one, well, no one knows what they yet. say. Exactly. But I met the guy who's building the tool to do it, so I know it's happening. Like, like that's what's so sick about like actually joining this fucking community is like, is I'm not sitting there like, oh man, when's this flurry rush mod coming out? Like, I know the guy who's who's trying to make it happen at this point. Um, but it has also made me even more entitled against end users. Like, I I learned that word yesterday, and I'm already like fucking end users, man. Like. Enders, Fuck. yeah, and fucking enders, um, endies, like <laughs> these fucking endies complaining because we're not doing enough, you know, like, um, but but I was like, someone someone's gonna do an armor rebalance, so like, why don't we just do it? Like, we'll just split the work, and then I also had the idea for like a, a weapon rebalance that like mostly the focus is just on making every weapon like more strategic as opposed to. Because I think the weapons, as they are now, are very strategic. But like by end game in particular, the uh, one weapon just kind of dominates um, because of how like prevalent it is. So like trying to differentiate between decayed weapons and pristine weapons, and trying to like, for example, like I if you turn the the traveler sword from 
like metal to stone, turn it into a stone weapon. It's no longer conductive. So like things like that, like little adjustments that you can make to the weapons to like make it so okay. Even though I'm in end game, maybe I want to carry around a traveler's sword in case of a, a, a thunderstorm, or like yeah. adding like new um and and so it's all like I'm really like still figuring out. Like one idea I had was the eightfold blade, literally just making it like it doesn't get any durability from a fuse, which you I think you can do. I I just need to figure out how it doesn't gain any durability from a fuse. Um, and you can only use it eight times before it breaks, so it, it truly is, like, this, like, stealth kill dagger now. Like, that's what it does. Because that's what I was using it for anyway. That's what everyone uses it for. It doesn't need to, to last for 40 hits, like it does in the game. And so, like, kind of making the weapons, like, more interesting and diversified, in particular having a, a better interplay between durability and strength. Um, because as it is now, both just scale very linearly, and so I'm trying to kind of make a situation where you might end up cycling more weapons out and picking up weapons that you might not normally because well i just have a better weapon that lasts longer and my inventory's full so i'm not going to do it um and so like i'm still in the planning phase of that i got my fucking excel sheet uh going and all this shit um and but yeah the armor thing is that one's much easier it's just number tweaks we're basically just lowering the the maximum armor values down um to the point where it's half of what it is by end game and, like, so yesterday I just, like, I did fucking crash test dummy tests, and I just let myself get hit by things at max health. Uh, and and I, I I put on the fucking Korok mask, the, the Breath of the Wild tunic, and the, the archaic leggings. So, like, it's just the ugliest outfit I've ever seen, but it's the only thing mathematically that gave me 30 armor. <laughs> which is like our that's our target for most armors is is 30 and just like allowing myself to just get hit by everything like having to drop weapons for bokoblin so that i can test like the damage values and if they in particular if the math lines up with the the numbers in the files um spoiler alert they do but uh, sometimes shit's weird with with the armor values um sometimes the bokoblins get a critical hit and we don't know what happened <laughs> exactly like just shit like that <laughs> Shit like that um, to make sure that that uh, the sometimes you seeing. whip drag sometimes you whip Dracula and you do five damage. I don't fucking know. Like yeah, I, so uh, th that was just that was that was my evening yesterday. <laughs> was running around in the worst outfit I've ever seen in my entire life, getting hit by every enemy in the game and logging yeah, that's damage really, values. Uh, that's some engaging fucking gameplay right there, dude. dude it, it is actually funny that like. I can't even talk about Tears of the Kingdom like a human being anymore. No. <laughs> because I'm I'm now no, like No, we're so fucking I'm, far dude, past. Dude, I'm in the guts. Point. I'm in the fucking guts of of the game. Like I'm looking at fucking numbers and integers. I can tell you the the integer value of of how much a Bokoblin does. It's fucking stupid. What a what a game. Dude, what a I, game. I truly enjoy it. But it, there is something very fun about like about taking matters into my own hands, and because I'm not fucking salty now, I'm not fucking salty that people are are making what I want to see. Because I'll just this is a long time it. coming. You 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 should have got into this. Uh, years I think ago. the problem was that I truly just thought I couldn't do it, and then I saw like with our current tools, like oh, a lot of this shit's actually pretty fucking easy for me to do. It's tedious, but I can do it. Um, but there's some really cool ones. Someone is porting all of the the as many jutsus as possible from Jujutsu Kaisen 
into the game. And so when you activate auto build instead of auto build schematics, you have jutsu schematics. What the fuck? How does he plan to do this? I he there's footage of Miles, it. Miles, do you know how complicated the powers are in Jujutsu Kaisen? It's, like it, they're some pretty insane. basic. He's doing some of the like some basic the ones. The basic like, ones? Okay. Yeah, all the basic ones. Um but like he's I've seen footage of it. It's functional and it works. Um uh, it needs a zonite cost. It's a little too overpowered at the moment, but hey, you know, we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. But yeah, like, so that was a pretty... When am I going to be able to summon stands in Tears of the Kingdom? Well, Sam, you already can, frankly, but uh, but it's not it's not all it's cracked up to be. Um, but, like... I want, like, the Dark Souls 3 mod that's, like, the, that's the, the stand mod. That, that, fuck, that shit's awesome. That is probably going to happen. Specifically because of the sage avatars, like, someone's gonna figure that out. We just, we really just need the time. Um, and especially once- (laughs) I was about to remark, I'm like, yeah, you know, they should should have bought something like that in Elden Ring, and I was like, oh yeah, that's already in the game, Spirit Bell. No, no, it's just that no one, no one uses it, even though they should. Um, because I used it. It was fine. I had a great time. I want a mod that lets me call multiple spirits. (laughs) I want, I want to fill the whole fucking squad. That must exist. That must exist. I I want a squad up with three wolves and five skeletons and three trolls. Dude, the Elden Ring modding community already is pretty nuts. Like, they got a randomizer functional already. Like, so. God, that's crazy. Yeah, so, so it's, and, and Tears of the Kingdom already has. That actually sounds like a kind of crazy fun way to play the, play the game. I, Um, I would probably enjoy that. Yeah, I would probably enjoy that. Like, the, the thing is, like, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, randomizer is already in the works. I think it's like thirty percent done already. Like, it's not bad progress. Yeah. I, although, although with the Eldering randomizer, I just want the fucking items randomized. You gotta yeah, fucking you randomize the, the fucking item placement. I, I don't really randomized. need that. That's funny. Like when, especially in like Dark Souls One, when like like you fucking see the scaleless is at Firelink Shrine. Like that, shit, and you gotta fucking deal with it. That shit's funny. As That's fuck. funny to watch happen to a streamer. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to like play. I don't really want to like play that. Yeah. My um, my thing is like a lot of the. F- the features of like the tears of the kingdom randomizer like to me are like uh, like i don't want this like it teleports you to a new part of the map every 10 minutes and i'm like i don't want i don't want to play like that what the fuck i don't want to do that shit that's not fucking fun for me yeah um, it's not like a ho- like I-, I can imagine yeah being able to maybe make some funny content on something like that but that's not something i'd actually i don't i wouldn't want to actively play the game like that yeah I, um, I i respect i don't know like it's so funny when whenever i have a friend who's like really into randomizers i this is this is like the most we, like we shit on randomizers like every other week it feels like every third week we come but, back but to i want to particularly shit on people who like are really into randomizers like because because king k recently your favorite released a video um talking about like ocarina of time and how it built the foundation of 3d zelda i'm like oh what an idea what an idea for a for a video king k where do you come up with this stuff um and and my friend watched it like out of bitter spite and he was like i mean it was fine but it was a king k video so it was Dude, too am long I, am i the original king k hater uh yeah am i are. am i in the first generation at least uh yes you are there, there was a couple people on v or not on v um r slash games like he was really unpopular on r slash games um but being every co- sas is unpopular on r slash games i can't except for I matthew can't. matosis of course yeah I, I, yeah i guess so um uh, yeah but i apparently uh, like people like my sh- garbage on r slash games which is so funny to imagine uh yeah, i can't that, believe that shit because that shit was like it was so mid like all of my <laughs> all my earliest videos like other than the fucking miku video and the catherine video are like peak mid um 
the rest of them are are so mid. But uh, yeah, like, but but he was saying like one of the talking points in the video was that King K, like you know his original Ocarina of Time video, he's like, yeah, I don't get the hype around this game. I don't get it. Um, and then he said, like, well, then I started playing the randomizer, and I started to realize, like, how well designed this game is. And to me, that's the most insane sentence. And I've heard it a lot. I've heard it a lot. Nintendo Capri Sun actually said something very similar on a stream, where he's like, yeah, I used to think Ocarina of Time was overrated, but then the randomizer made me realize, oh, like, this game is, like, mechanically very solid. And I'm like, I'm like, how, I'm sorry, but is that, like, a form of stupidity? That, like, like the vanilla I can, experience? I, I kind of get, I, I, I... I'll kind of defend the take in the sense that I I can appreciate that when you have to play a game in, in a, a different in way a different or way. you re, or you have to rewire your brain on how you see it, you appreciate the game in new ways. I literally was just talking about this a few shows ago when, when I replayed Dark Souls 1 and how I was playing it kind of with like a more completionist mindset instead of just kind of just play like just playing it for three hours yeah, and beating Gwyn and calling it a day. Like I was able to appreciate more, the more intricate, uh, some of the more intricacies in some of the more the, some parts of the level I would just never really go to or very rarely would go to and see or uh, sub mechanics like the um uh like the uh, weapon um fu- like the f- f- weapon fusing or whatever uh to get different like elemental types of damage and how complicated that is yeah in the like first the, game. the various like rocks and the, the various, various like yeah rocks. the various titanite gem colors you you need for everything um i was and also like boss weapons and stuff which i like never ever fucked with or touched in dark souls one like uh and just kind of seeing how you get those and like kind of grinding those out and like finding places that like are actually like spots you're sort of semi intended to like grind up and encounter like items in and there is like one spot that's relatively like painless or easy enough to handle so it is like you do see the design in that way i understand it definitely coming yeah. across is definitely pretty wild where it's the random like the, where it's the like randomizer a randomizer in particular like that's that's the one that that's so funny to me like is, is the idea that like yeah i thought this game sucked until i played a randomizer of it and then i realized oh i just wasn't thinking at all and now that i was forced to think I like the game, and 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 it's 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 a very interesting moment of like you can see the critic hat that a lot of people put on when they go in specifically to talk about a game, and talk about like, especially if you're going to do a a stupid Zelda retrospective, um, that's that's bloated and you say nothing, because um, I remember sending that Wind Waker video to you and being like. Yeah, man. This guy Actually, really was it wasn't Waker a Twilight video. Princess. No, you sent the. Was I sent you the Wind Waker video, and I was like, you might like this video because he also agrees with you about Wind Waker. And you're like, that was the worst fucking video I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. And I and, and like to me, I was like shocked because I was like, well, it's your opinion. Why don't you like the video? <laughs> like that. That was like where I was. Oh, I was operating at that time in my life. I was like, but he shares your opinion on the game. Why don't you like the video? And you were like, because the construction's terrible. <laughs> And it's bloated, it's, like, it's too long, and it sucks. It's like 50 minutes of, like, the same, like, three or four core points, like, over and over and over again. It's like, I, I could have got this in, like, 15, 20 minutes. And man, I that's, the King, YouTube, that's the King K experience, It's the baby. King K way, it's the King K way. And hey, man, he's the one who's got 200,000 fucking subscribers or whatever. Yeah, I he's had 200,000 subscribers for the last four years, but, you know. Because that's the thing, is he's sort of, he built this audience, and he's got his audience, and he just... His opinion doesn't really have like a like his his opinion doesn't have a greater impact on how 
other people say see games in the way that like a skill up review might you know like. right right there there's not that kind of like like matthew matosis because his he doesn't grow that much either like for as, as much as like people like us know and talk about matthew matosis he's not very popular like really he's not really a yeah he's not really a youtuber either like no he just he, releases videos when he when he can and he takes his patreon money and then he goes like and he goes back into his hidey hole to to program his games and like like he's not a Joseph Anderson where like when a Joseph when Joseph Anderson makes a video like uh, like it or not you have to see it yeah it's the bits is like it you know it's a big video and the reason why Joseph Anderson videos take a long time to come out I don't like them but they a lot of work goes into them and they're long fucking videos yeah so like it, it makes sense to wait but I, a I month think, or two months for a JA video where like with Matthew Matosis Matthew Matosis just doesn't give a fuck about YouTube he doesn't yeah. really give a shit he's, he's not he, trying he makes, to make a video like at, at the pace that the algorithm likes yeah I was actually shocked he released that like 10 minute video like a couple months ago that, that like I, I just, extrinsic uh, extrinsic, and extrinsic motivation yeah I was I was a little surprised he like released that because I'm like, oh, I, I thought Meta Micro videos was like the end. No, he's made like, a oh, couple. He it. made a couple of videos. He made context sensitive. Um, but I think he's like done talking about games in particular. Like he's done talking about like like the Last of Us Part Two, Death Stranding, like like those like doing reviews. Yeah, he's not reviewing games. Games. Yeah, anymore, I, right? I think he's more talking about like game design theory and and you know the value of certain design things. But like, I don't know. There, there's. I just get very fascinated by like the videos that that people make nowadays, like the the bizarre like sub trend that I'm seeing of like people who are are frustrated by a great game that they don't like enough. Um, like the 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 the, the most famous Joseph Anderson um, Uncharted and Last of Us Great and Terrible Games video. Yeah. Um, Tears of the Kingdom is a, is a frustrating ten out of ten. Elden Ring a trouble masterpiece. Um, there was another one I saw. There was one about, um, every FromSoft game has one of these fucking videos, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, because, because like, except for Dark Souls 2, because everyone's kind of on the consensus that that's one of the weaker ones. But like, yeah, kind of, yeah, but like, like there's one about Dark Souls 3 that's called like Dark Souls 3. It's like, like going hollow or something like that. Like, and it, it was, it was one of these like, classic 14,000 view videos. D Dark, That's, like, Dark big Souls, for them, yeah, but Dark not Souls, for anyone else. Yeah, Dark Souls 3 is, like, one of those games where, like, man, in 2015, 14, 15, 16, we actually were, we were pretty critically tough on games. And I feel like we're just not that way anymore. Like, I don't no. know if I was talking about it on this show, about Arkham Knight. You, you were. How, yeah, yeah, it was like, last week. And I feel, yeah, and I feel like Dark Souls 3 is kind of a similar vibe. Because I think Dark Souls 3 is, like, fucking awesome. Granted, I think the game is ten times better when you fucking slap the fucking DLC on the bad boy. I think it goes up, like, two whole fucking points in my book. Um, The DLC is, like, so fucking good and so additive to, like, the whole campaign. Because you can do it super early. Um... But like that's a game that gets like criticized and arguably rightfully so for 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 not really bringing like that many like original ideas and like taking a lot of like kind of what worked in Dark Souls and it does kind of play it safe in some elements. But it does it, it's a ton of step forward for like the combat being really great. I actually think it probably the it like the peak Souls combat is three. I, I think the problem is um, also that Bloodborne like had just come out and that was such a like sensation to so many people and so there was the sort of negative comparison because you want to talk about why people were tough on games back then it's because people were happy with apples to oranges people people loved saying well last year we got this apple 
uh, and so now that I'm playing this orange, it just ain't as good. Like, yeah. like that. It, it was that way with Arkham City, where, or Arkham Knight, sorry, with Arkham Knight, where people were like, man, there's just been so many open world games. Like, this one isn't that great. Like, even yeah, though, like... Same, same thing uh, happened with uh, Fallout 4 in 2016, too. Yeah, like, people like played that, Witcher 3, or 2015, excuse me. Like, yeah, Phantom Witcher Pain 3 and Witcher 3 came out, like, a m- couple months before it, and so Fallout 4 came out. And by the way... That that's one that's kind of stuck around. Like Fallout Four never really had its redemption round. Like really, no. Um, not I, like I, Mad I, Max was was a game that was really screwed over, especially by people just came off the Phantom Pain boot camp, uh, and then they had to review Mad Max, and that game had its like second second wind uh, when it was like divorced from from having to fucking compete with yeah, like, and one also of the- yeah, and also like would go on sale for super cheap, so like yeah. the game just. It becomes it just, a different product at it, that yeah, point. It like, just got its shot. Like, um, I know that um, Just Cause Three was really like harshly reviewed, and then Just Cause Four came out, and then everyone was like, "Yeah, man, Just Cause Three, that was pretty good. It was actually pretty good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, just it's so it, it, I, people back then were happy to do apples to oranges, and like now when you see an apples to oranges review, it's it's like it's like a fucking culture shock. It's like a shock to the system to see a game get docked points because it's not similar enough to another game. Um, whereas in like 2014, 2015, like that's all we did. That was all we did was have problems with games for not being another game. Yeah. Um, which has its own fuck it, which is, has its own like problematic elements to it as far as criticism goes. But like, I just feel like nowadays, like, like Dark Souls 3 would, get would off- have gotten, that would have gotten tens across the board just, just Probably. for being Dark Souls 3. Yeah, and I just feel, and I yeah, and I just feel kind of the same way about like a lot of stuff today, where I just feel like games get reviewed like pretty pretty easily, like most of the time. It's like yeah, like look at a game, like even look at a game like like Redfall, like that's in the Metacritic of like the '60s. By no means a fucking good look at all, but like still think about what that fucking means. Like it's yeah, still the in fact the that '60s. It's, it's not getting like and the game barely functions. The fact that like, it's not getting savaged, like truly savaged. Meanwhile, like Arkham Knight, like got a five out of ten review from Jim Sterling. Like, yeah, which is like, dude, that game is I think nowhere near a fucking. To, to be fair, Jim Sterling is very like. He he's very uh sorry they I don't fall I don't fucking keep up with Jim Sterling he still I goes about by that. Jim he goes by fucking Jim Sterling still I don't keep up because it's a fucking brand like yeah but it's Jim yeah Jim Stephanie Sterling or yeah whatever. like I I I I believe that they're non-binary still I don't know anymore <laughs> they're um, a wrestler they're they're a wrestler. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, like, like a, like a fucking, uh, like, like a, like a, like a backyard wrestling type of deal. Like, okay, a, like, yeah, well, that's cool, like, and and I know that they they like that sort of thing, like an amateur wrestler. Like I gotta be honest, like, like that's a great career for them. That's a really great move for them. Um, I don't really have a problem with Jim Sterling per se, uh, but like Jim Sterling, they have a very like rigid. Uh, review, I used like, to sale. fucking love were, Jim Sterling. I back remember in, you like, were obsessed. 20- Fucking fifteen. I bet. I mean, just the Jim Quisition. Jim Quisition was, was so excellent. good a few years ago. It was like so fucking I, good, I, and he they just fell off. Well, the they, problem I, is that I, is that they didn't like fucking keep up. Like uh, Jim Jim's Jim Quisition talking points in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty were from twenty fifteen. Like yeah. they were still like this is proof that that the 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 single player game has value and it's like yeah everyone's already there dude like we're still yeah we're still getting the, the these games I get it it's like a little less or whatever but like this shit is still happening and I'm just like I'm just so, I gotta be honest I'm just so frustrated with like a lot of like just how games are spoken about online both from like. Prof- 
professional outlets and like as well as YouTubers and I, I think and it's just a problem of like and, of people people only have so much time to play games, but they they have a certain amount of like I gotta make these I gotta meet these these deadlines and I just I can't write fast enough if I'm measured and thoughtful about it, so I'm just gonna fucking say my piece and and I don't care about the lasting impact of this article because I have a deadline to meet. I, I really do think it is just a case of like, well, I, mean, yeah, I don't, that have, is time. What, I mean, I don't that, have time to, to make something that, more thoughtful. That is, yeah, that is what it is. And like, I empathize with the situation, but don't don't think that I'm going to give you fucking pity points for still p- releasing shit. Because at the end of the day, like, I care. I want to read interesting stuff about games. Well, it's, it's and funny. If you're like, not capable of providing that. I'm just not going to read your site. It, it's always very funny that that like game devs will will their game will be rushed and it'll be released out the door too early and people will have no like these fucking exact same critics who have to play the game have no sympathy for it and then they have a problem when they have a rush deadline and their article's inaccurate and everyone dunks on them and they're like oh, but the deadlines in game journalism is sore it's just like this is the same like you are in the exact same position that these devs are in the difference is that your product has way less worth and way less value and people care less um and, and so i'm and, not and gonna like, feel people any sympathy care. for you and this is the thing about like a lot of like these like review sites is like the only value they have is being first and if they're not first the review doesn't really have any value or hold any weight i don't really care about like any of the words it's, people it's, say in these reviews i really just care about how the numbers shake out because i want because as a someone who's been around the block and you can probably agree with this two miles same thing we've been gamers for years we've been immersed in this industry a long time we can look at how a game kind of reviews across a variety of outlets and just get a gauge of what the general quality is by just from experience from raw experience i yeah. think most people who listen to this show who like video games could probably do the same thing and and i would so, imagine like and and again like for me my fascination with like with with a game like Baldur's Gate 3 like my eye was not turned to it because i wasn't really following its development i didn't really realize Larian was making it had i known that i probably would have been a little more attentive to it um but like the fact that that game came out and it it was a Metacritic top 100, like that was exciting for me because I'm always about that Metacritic top 100. And that is the most fascinating, like mild obsession that I have. Whereas like with something like Tears of the Kingdom, which I know is probably going to review well because it's a Zelda game and and journalists don't have to think about about what they're playing in a, in a lot of cases. They just know it's quality because because they've been conditioned to apparently um, that like. My question was, where does it fall on the Metacritic Top 100? That was way more interesting to me than than will it review well? Of course, it's going to review well. The question is, will it beat Twilight Princess as it deserves? No, yeah. really? Okay, moving on. Like, uh, and and but then also thinking about like, well, why is that? Oh, well, because well, it's just a very different situation landscape uh, that it's coming out to. But and and that sort of thing is always very interesting to me in a way in in a way that's more interesting than like people were like mad that Armored Core wasn't in the top 100 cuz like oh FromSoft games got to be in the top 100 or else they're mid and it's it's like what are you talking about only 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 one game actually is in the metacritic top 100 from FromSoft only one yeah. it's Elden Ring like Bloodborne is not in the top 100 that, that's sitting pretty at a 92 Sekiro sitting at a 90 like and those, by the way anything over 8 is incredible. Anything yeah. above eight is an incredible fucking score. Like, even if it's not a top 100 score, it's really hard to do. Um, 
Yeah, anything in the nine, anything in the nineties or like eighty, eighty-eight and above is like a huge achievement. Yeah, eighty-eight, like even eighty-nine, like for Hi-Fi Rush, like that's massive for a game like that Hi-Fi Rush. That's six, that's six hours long, had no advertising, like, and and especially that's that's sort of like a dated genre, like the the fact that no one, no one was like. Where's the commentary on violence? You know what helped though? It was a commentary about capitalism. That was all the the reviewers were like, "Oh, I agree with this. I also agree that big industries are bad. This game has messaging that I like. Like, and and so that probably helped. That probably helped it to not be deemed like forgettable trash. Uh, like it could have been because every fucking game's got to have a fucking social message. I was thinking about this with Hotline Miami recently. Yeah, um, we're like Hotline Miami. Because uh, I was discussing how no one can do a good anti-violence message anymore because they've all been done. Because um, I was saying, like, Mad World is one of the more underrated, like, anti-violence messages because, in particular, it's it's not an anti-violence message. It's about how violence has become this, like, money-making, like, this complete money printer uh, yeah. at, in the games industry. Like, and that's, like, and so that's a really interesting, like take on this whereas nowadays all you can do is the last of us part two where you try and emotionally manipulate the player into feeling bad see killing people is wrong yeah exactly people who tried to kill you is wrong and you should feel bad because killing ai that you can't reason with richard yeah i i remember when someone was like miles and i was like i don't feel anything that's my name and i don't feel anything how did they do it peter yeah they got Peter! <laughs> hey, Lois! Brian's freaking dead! They shot Brian! <laughs> what happened to Meg? <laughs> Brian? Brian? Oh no! Brian's been shot! <laughs> Oh man! The last of guy. <laughs> it seems today. No, no, that, that would be. All we see. It'd, it'd be the Troy Baker. It seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex in video games. <laughs> And, and the, the sad, like, <laughs> over black. Oh, damn, dude. I would I would love to have, like, a Blue Harvest, like the Star Wars things that they did for Family Guy, but for Last of Us. <laughs> dude, that would be crazy, bro. Well, it's it's cr- like how there was, like, that Rick and Morty. I, like, for a while, I think Sony had a deal where, like, any, like, Sony first-party game, they had, like, Rick and Morty do a commercial, and so there's the, <laughs> the Death Stranding Rick and Morty commercial. Dude, that shit's awesome. That shit's fucking wild. That, the, I love just cracked crossovers for commercials and shit I like that. I must say. Must this, say, yep. Yeah, the Geico. <laughs> the Geico one. That shit makes my like stomach fucking twist. Oh yeah, dude, dude, whenever whenever there's something that just shouldn't be advertising <laughs> this particular product, Cuphead. I must say that this boss doesn't inspire any fear in me. <laughs> and it's it's like getting punched in the fucking face from the from the words Cuphead. It's it's incredible. 
Oh man! Before good, good, good fucking shit. Before we close out, I, I we need to address the Starfall in the room. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I want to I want to talk about Starfall, even though I haven't played it and I have no investment in its quality. Um, but it it is funny that uh, that like Starfall is like this thing that everyone I know is really really hoping will fail on launch immediately. Yeah, I'm sorry, you mean Starfield? Sorry, Starfield. What did I say? Star- I was really confused. I was like, what the I, I actually want I'm glad you brought this up else cuz I wanted to talk to you about this. Okay, cool. Because when the show when this show comes up, th- this show might go live I think the second the embargo lifts. So so people will know that we can predict what, how we think the game's going to going to shake out because we've seen some leaks some leaks on on 4chan that were were not pretty and, but looking. but here's the thing uh, so one not thing very, that uh, one thing that I've learned from Survivor is that it's it's all the Kuleshov effect um it's all you you just you cut it to make it look how you want because Survivor like podcasts of like hosts and shit um or like cuz a lot of these people have YouTube channels like Russell Swan who got medically evacuated in Samoa he like flies airplanes and he's got a YouTube channel where he like gets in his fucking airplane with another survivor person. And so it's like comedians and cars getting coffee, survivors and planes getting, getting, uh, getting pagonged. I don't know. <laughs> getting, getting fucking, uh, getting rice. Sent into, getting sent into G lock. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's interesting because a lot of them will like reveal like, yeah, the edit totally fucked, you know, fucked with, fucked with like my character or whatever. Um, a famous uh, quit, Purple Kelly. Uh, yeah. The producers told her to like show up in a dress, like on this island, and she was fucking freezing every night. And like, so they kind of set her up for failure. And then when she quit, like Jeff still had no sympathy for her, even though, like, she she she, she, she got she the has show- like this. Yeah, she's got. I think she has five um, confessionals. Yeah, only and five four confessionals. Of which, and four of which are in her episode. <laughs> yeah, she like, she's kicked. got one in episode, I think, like, f- seven or eight when she talks about, like, food. No, it wouldn't have been seven or eight, because I think she left pre-merge, but, um, no, no, she left, um, she left post-merge because she's on the jury, I think, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, but, like, she, she, like, quits, and, and Jeff has, like, no empathy for her, and then she's like, yeah, I quit because uh, I, I was told to wear inadequate clothes, and I was cold all the time, and I couldn't fucking take it anymore. So, like, with with a lot of these Starfield leaks, like, a lot of it's probably, you know, V has a very particular um, outlook, and they, they root for certain games, and they hope other games fail. Like, it, you know, it's, like, V, I, I called um, Krobcat today uh, Earth's Mightiest Vitard. Like, Krobcat's, like, content literally is, like, like a steady... St- he is the Black Pill Factory for V-Tards in particular who want to, who want to like, feel bad about the industry and feel like, oh, man, we really grew up in, like, the best era of games and that's all bygone and everything that comes out nowadays is mishandled and shit. Um, and, like, he just kind of makes videos that, like, help to reaffirm that feeling, you know, if something's, like, like the Left 4 Dead... Uh, video yeah like where where like there's m- way more factors than just who was involved in in the production of left for dead that resulted in that game being better than this other back for blood game um 
But, like, you know, that's the narrative that he helps to paint because... Well, those videos are like Rorschach tests. You just kind of watch it and you, ha- and you take what- whatever opinion you have on the game in question. Yeah, you, you just you kind get of, that out of it. You just are you're able to just pop, and pop your your opinion on the video as evidence for whatever your, your take is. Right, but, but um, he, obviously he's still editing it to a certain extent to, like, kind of... Push, oh yeah, you know. no, he definitely he definitely does that. I, he, he's I think, trying to he's trying to push the idea that like that like yeah, you, you want to know why this game didn't turn out well? Well, here's here's a couple of video interviews that hopefully will explain it. And it's you know, but it, since it's edited and since it's footage, like it's not the whole story, but it's it's. And I think no, definitely. Uh, like although, a good, although to be a good faith interpretation of him is is his his way of kind of giving people like a good place to start in questioning what happened. Um. But then the bad faith one is that he's fucking farming views from people who who want that negativity. I yeah, can't tell you what it is. Although to be fair, anyone who makes an argument or like makes a YouTube video that like explains an argument or something is probably going to leave out like core crucial information that yeah like, because they don't. First of all, they don't have a lot of time and they don't want to jeopardize their argument. Exactly, exactly, and it's one of those things where it's just like it just kind of comes with the territory with, with arguments. You kind of just gotta like you see it, take it like take it kind of is what it is, and then if there's problems with it, obviously then you fucking break those down or you 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 seek out other fucking alt alternatives. I um yeah I <laughs> but yeah I, I still think I, like, I, mean, he, I, I he's definitely Earth's mightiest vetard. Like he he kind of yeah. gives the people what they want on on that board. <laughs> Um, Def- definitely, but yeah, but um, Starfield, like a lot of the Starfield leaks. Did I say Starfall again? No, you said Starfield. Yes, you said Starfield. Okay. You got Good. it right. Good. Okay, because I thought I said Starfall again. I don't know why I said Starfall. Yeah, that I mean, it's it definitely. Word. I mean, here's yeah, it's one of those games where because here's the Bethesda games are the type of games where yeah, there are moments of pure beauty and moments of pure fucking anarch anarchic jank yeah. or just whack shit. And like, it's definitely and yeah, you definitely are you gonna can, see the most that. whack shit online. Yeah. Like you're gonna get you're gonna get clipped of the most like insane wacky shit because that's what's gonna get like that's what's gonna get perpetuated by a lot of people. That's and also the one- to Starfield. It's important to note too that Starfield it, it, it is is not just a fucking Bethesda game this time around. It's it's a fucking key piece in the console war for these fucking idiot morons on fucking Twitter and Reddit and elsewhere on the internet. Yeah, that, this that, is that, that, the Xbox front runner. Yeah, exactly. Like this is like they game, so like you know they you know they they need it to be fucking good. Yeah, and there's gonna be extra reasons to make it seem like it's not good or that it's jank or that it's low quality. I I think um, what's nice about this particular year is that like we're kind of not compete like unless Starfield does gangbusters, which I personally don't think it will. I I mean I think it'll sell well, but I don't think review wise it'll be that held high. I think it will probably be like mid eighties. I'm th- yeah, I'm actually thinking like low 80s. I'm thinking like when everything settles like 83. Okay, yeah. probably what I'm, what I, I'm thinking. I pictured exactly 85, 86. That was exactly what I pictured. Um, because based on what what we, so basically the two clips that we we saw was we saw about 20 minutes of I'm sorry, excuse me, 20 seconds of some gunplay, like talking to us. It was of, like uh, ADS like shit gunplay. Yeah, it looked very just kind of like what what what's kind of whatever. 
And then we saw a uh, this like is a my ten clip of all. Time. We saw a ten minute clip that was like fast forwarded by in like seven or eight times speed of of the player character just running in a straight line on a, like a rocky deserty planet. And I think there is one moment in the five minutes of the time lapse he gets shot by an enemy or a monster or something. The screen flashes red for a split second, so I think he does get hit by something. But other than that, he just encounters nothing for walking for ten straight minutes, and then just hits an invisible wall. Wall, it tells me you can't go any further and it's very just like it doesn't even it doesn't even have the you can't go any further message from like tears of the kingdom it's just like it's just a wall it's just yeah, a wall it's just like an invisible wall it's very very funny it feels very uh it's very, very like dagger daggerfall-esque in that way and then, I, was, I was telling you like this is why fucking you warp everywhere in daggerfall like i i once, there's nothing on the roads like i i once said um that bethesda is the american dream like where where it's Technically, they could still you could still get what you asked for, what you were told you could get, but more than likely you'd get it twenty five years ago uh, when it was actually possible. Like that's that's like kind of how I'm feeling about Bethesda, where it's like I don't believe the American dream doesn't exist. I just think it's way harder to do. Uh, and 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 now like with Bethesda, like the game that you wanted, that like this dream game that you wanted existed. It's called Morrowind, like. It's called yeah, Daggerfall. And, it's called Fallout yeah, 2. Yeah, and like, and the thing is, is like, because Morrowind is like radically different from Daggerfall. Because Morrowind has no fast travel at all, which is like the antithesis it, yeah, of Daggerfall, fly which is ninety-five percent fucking fast travel. Yeah, like um, like Morrowind is about like conquering that that three D world. This small fucking region of world, like compared to what Daggerfall is, which really does feel like a whole continent's worth of fucking towns and places to go and see um and, and to tr- fucking travel to um and like the fast travel has like a has like a, a gold cost and a time cost like if you have to go somewhere it will take you 16 days to walk there or eight days on on uh on horseback or whatever and um it's that's really interesting and really engaging. And also what Morrowind does is engaging and interesting in its own separate way. Very, much more, kind of like Kenshi in the sense where Kenshi also has no no fast travel. So, like, you get to learn the world in a more raw way because you have to, if you want to go somewhere, you got to fucking go, you have to do it. You got to fucking walk there. And in Morrowind and Kenshi, like, you're going to come probably come across some fucking dangers along the way. Like, so you have to, you know, be ready and prepared for, you know, almost anything. And that's where the fun engaging role-playing elements sort of stem from like even in like Baldur's gate 3 like Baldur's gate 3 much linear game than any like anything like bethesda does but like the actual encounters are high stakes because you know it's tough it's not just you're not it's not like pokemon where you spam fucking attacking moves and win like you have to use creativity and like kind of work your way out of situations or try to not get involved in conflict at all ideally like so it's really it's it makes for an engaging role playing experience, and I still think Starfield can make for an engaging role playing experience. Right. I absolutely think that it can, and that's why I told you like when we, when we were kind of seeing this footage, I was like, it really comes down to, and why I think the game's going to get low eighties is because I do think it's going to hit this stuff on some level. That the main quest content's got to be solid, the the side content has to also be solid, and the sub quests need to be good and high quality. Uh, and the gameplay needs to be just fun enough. <laughs> Bless you. If you want to be a true you crackhead, finally got it out. <laughs> if you want to be a true crackhead, make sure to join the Discord. 
which we probably should start repping at the beginning of the show and not we two really hours should. in. We really should. Uh, but but if you made it this far, you would fit in great there. Yeah. Um, there's no prison politics in the Crackhouse Discord. That not you yet. Play. Wait until I yeah. start being more active. <laughs> then we'll yet. talk. We'll have to start calling it calling it our own C block. Yeah, Miku um, C block. Thank you.